0: Hello, this is a Daily Tech and sharing some more tech news with you. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting, so do stick around until the end and you'll be able to hear it all. Um, also, if you want to go on YouTube, uh, do click the subscribe button. Also, for anything like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, then do click um, the follow or heart button. That way you'll be able to hear all the latest tech news, which is daily. Also, all the articles I do talk about will be linked in the description below. So if you want to go and read them for yourself, you can. But with that all the way, let's get right into it. Uh, so the first article is by Techradar. Uh, Oppo Reno 4 Pro 5G review. Uh, so I'm just going to read through the review that Techradar did. Uh, and we'll uh, just kind of see if it's a good option for a phone. Uh, so we'll start down at the five, uh, the price and availability. Uh, so. Uh, the Renault 4 Pro 5G, which is an absolutely massive name, uh, launched on the October the 16th in the UK and September 22nd in the Middle East. It's priced at £699.99, uh, which is AED 2499, which is around 900 US dollars and Australian uh, dollars 1250 uh, But no one in the US or Australian release, so I wouldn't expect it there. It will be available in Galactic Blue and Space Black. Uh, next up the design and display, uh, so it has a thin light and so it's thin light and curvy So it has a plush uh, design and uh, premium feel like mass, its uh, mid-range price tag So from curved Gorilla Glass 6 display on the front to the glass back with a subtle uh, Repeated Oppo monogram and glossy aluminium frame. The phone has a delicate but sturdy feel It's also nice and thin at 7.66, uh, 7.6 even millimeters. Unpleasantly light at just 172 grams. Right, the curved edges are at the back, uh, lend a slight grip, uh, but you'll still be recommended putting a case on. Uh, so it's tall and slim and makes it comfy to hold and just nice to hold. Top is smooth. Uh, however, there is uh so there's USB-C port uh, and a dual sim tray. Unlike the non 5 G variant, the Four Pro 5G has no slots for an SD card for expanded storage. Uh, no headphone jack, uh, which might be a deterrent for some. Obviously, it's nice to see a headphone jack on the phone, but the more expensive you pay, the less chance you got one. Uh, the carry bumps on the back of the phone come in two parts, uh, one forming the base around the triple setup and setup uh, uh, and the other, and the other is just the other piece. Uh, so, else? Uh, so over on the front, the Renault 4 Pro 5G has a 6.5 inch AMOLED display, which is quite large uh, with a tall 20 by 9 aspect ratio and a 1080 by 2400 resolution, which is quite average for a phone at this price, which equates to 402 pixels per inch. Contrast and saturation are blown up on the first boot, but it can be tweaked by uh, switching to gentle screen mode instead of vivid within the display settings, other than that the display is vibrant at rendering deep blacks and vivid colours that are easy to view uh, in a uh, wide range of angles, however it's not the sharpest screen ever, but it is a mid range phone, perfect for watching youtube videos, however um, some youtube videos uh, which are in the 16x9 format, which isn't that, no so so 16x9 is kind of what this is right now. I know some videos uh, are in the bit further format but you will find black bezels around the video which might annoy some people but I don't think it's too much of an issue. Also has a nice 90hz refresh rate which is a welcome addition. Uh, Display houses an in-screen fingerprint scanner too that unlocks the phone with swift speed and accuracy or you can offer face unlock which is just as fast and impressive. Uh, Next up the camera. Uh, so the Reno Four Pro 5G has two fewer cameras uh, than its predecessors and a lower uh, spec main snapper, but it does get the job done. So the triple lens array on the rear includes a 48 megapixel IMX586 Sony sensor, 12 megapixel ultra wide le- angle lens, and a 13 megapixel telephoto lens uh, that supports 5x hybrid optical zoom and 20x digital zoom. Uh, so photos taken with the Reno uh, with the phone. Uh, turn out great uh, with ample and steady and a steady hand. Uh, with ample lighting and steady hand. The main snapper can take 48 megapixel images. Uh, although it's set to 12 megapixels by default. Uh, the image shot at 48 megapixels appear to be more detailed, allowing you to uh, get decent quality prints or fine tune them in, further in a photo editing software. So yeah, uh, you can shoot videos on the phone up to 4K resolution at 30 FPS. This set to 720p 30fps by default, regular videos turned out to be really nice with the camera's electronic image stabilisation kicking in to smooth things out. It's not perfect but it's better than what you'd get on other phones. So yeah. And finally, I believe it's finally, no, uh, still more, but next up, software. Uh, So it runs ColorOS 7.2 on top of Android 10. So that kind of skin to Android, if you like. Uh, so the Renault 4 Pro 5G runs ColorOS 7.2, which is based on Android 10. It's similar in functionality to other Oppo phones like the Renault 3 Pro and the Find X2, uh, but with a couple of added smarts. Uh, so the first is Icon pull down, a feature that squeezes all app icons on the screen to one corner with a simple swipe gesture, allowing you uh, access hard to reach apps easily. handy feature especially if you can't always reach to the top and it's quite nice Uh, there's no dedicated one hand mode though so while you can access apps you still have to pull down notifications and quick settings by typing down from the top bloatware is uh, nicely limited as well you get the usual suite of Google apps tucked away in a folder Uh, but the only access apps are the likes of uh, solo a video editing app and Oppo Labs which includes experimental features uh, so, the OS also supports always on display, which shows you the time, date, and battery percentage and notification icons at a glance. You can also get uh, Dolby Atmos support for enhanced audio, along with some audio modes, which is just nice. So, navigating through the UI is nice and pleasant. Uh, and next up, specs and performance. Uh, so, this phone does have the Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G, which sits at the heart of the Renault 4 Pro 5G and is coupled with quite a bit of. Of RAM, 12 gigs to be precise. So this uh, keeps things zippy and responsive. Apps load relatively quickly, uh, and the phone can handle multitasking and intensive games with uh, relative ease compared to the most mid-range handsets. Uh, so you were able to play PUBG at ultra HDR settings at uh, the highest available for this handset, uh, with no issues except for the occasional frame rate drop, which happens with most things. Uh, other graphically intensive games such as Shadowgun Legends and uh, asphalt uh, 9 worked fairly well for a few stutters to break the experience. And of course, for 90Hz, it does feel quite nice. Uh, so, with raw power, uh, it, uh, it got an average of 614 in the single core and 1803 multi core and the UH5. Uh, that's lower than what you'll get on the similarly priced OnePlus 7T, but benchmarks aren't everything. So, yeah. Uh, so, apart from that year, uh, of course you get no micro SD card slot, you have to deal with the 256GB of storage, which some people will use up, some people won't. Uh, obviously you no know, headphone jack, you have to use an adapter or bluetooth uh, headphones, but you do get 5G. Uh, battery life, uh, so Oppo wants to rid you of low battery anxiety. And to that end, it included its uh, best-in-class 65 watt Super VOOC 2.0 Flash Charging Tech, which can take the phone's 4,000mAh battery from zero to half in just 11 minutes, and get fully charged in 30 minutes, which is quite good. Not the best you see, but still really good. So with moderate to heavy use, you'll easily get a day's worth of usage out of this phone, which is obviously really good, because that's what you want. Of course, screen brightness and gaming seem to have the most effect on battery drain, which makes sense. Uh, so, if you're on lower brightness, you should last longer. So, yeah, for, this phone is really good for the price. While it is a little bit expensive, the quality of the housing is still very good. And I think that does uh, make it fully worth it. I think if you're looking for a mid-range to higher-end phone, this is perfect. So, yeah, and it has 5G as well. I believe it's not the fastest 5G, it's a slower 5G. That's still quite good. Uh, Next up, article by Independent. Scientists discover new way to connect human brains to computers. Through veins. Uh, So, having uh, a way to connect human brains to computers is obviously um, one that's quite a new thing. Obviously. Uh, So, they found a way to do it. So, a team of scientists have managed to connect a human brain to a Windows 10 computer Okay, so now Microsoft has access of your brain. Fun. Uh, threading a wire through a blood vessel. So once uh there the no so yeah so uh they achieved defeat by inserting electrodes uh through the jugular vein in the neck and pushing them up to the brain's primary motor cortex. Once there, the electrodes were nestled into a wall of the blood vessel where they could detect brain signals and feed them back to a computer. Uh, So this is really interesting. So the approach, which was first theorised in 2016, was uh, tested on two people with uh, degenerative uh, disease, uh, I can't say any of these words, lateral uh, sclerosis, ALS, that might have been a bit easier to say. Uh, So the participants undertook machine learning assist uh, training to wirelessly uh, to use wirelessly transmitted electro choreography uh, signals uh, associated with attempted movement to control uh, multiple mouse click actions including zoom and left click. Using combination of an eye tracker for cursor navigation, participants achieved Windows 10 operating system control uh, to conduct instrumental activities of uh, daily living tasks, in which case I just accidentally beat off of it. Uh, so, the first participant was able to use the brain-computer interface uh, to ensure two unsupervised at home after 86 days, while the second participant uh, did it after 71 days of supervision. This is really cool, and it's technically out by now, so that's really good. Uh, next up, article by Pocket Lent. Uh, Google Photos starts adding page features, starting with ColourPop. So Google is limiting some features to Google One subscribers, uh, which means you will need a paid membership to Google One to access them. So the company is adding a new Colourpop feature to the Google Photos app uh, that its users can enjoy uh, and apply to any photo, uh, not just photos with depth information. You will need to subscribe to the service, uh, Google One Services Bundle, before you can use the Colourpop Pop, and it's reportedly rolling out to all Photos users. So, uh, ColourPop will continue to be free for photos with depth information, such as portrait mode, uh, as part of an ongoing uh, rollout that began earlier this year. Uh, the Google One members can apply uh, for the feature to even more photos uh, of people, including those without depth information. It's obviously really good. So, uh, if you pay for Google One, you get an extra feature. So, if you don't pay for it, though, you don't get an extra feature, but you're not losing out on any features, really. So, I think it's Quite cool. Uh, you're getting more for your subscription. Bit of a shame that it costs money but there. though. Uh, next article by Android Police. Uh, a whole bunch of Samsung phones can now stream multiple apps to Windows PCs. So Windows insiders who own a 2020 flag, uh, Samsung flagship smartphone are due for a big improvement in their co- uh, continuity experience as their uh, PCs will now be able to stream not just one but multiple Android apps uh, at a time through your phone. So, Microsoft previewed multiple app streaming in August, but it's only been teased uh, uh, to the Note 20 owners for the initial drop in November. Well, it is November and the rollout is on, and it turns out that we've got a wider uh, device base than we were first told, which is obviously quite nice. Uh, so, uh, some of them will need, so, you'll actually be on like One UI 3 or Android 11 beta. So, um, for some of them, I think. Yes, some of them so Galaxy Note 20, Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, Galaxy Z Fold 2, Galaxy Z Flip, Z Flip 5G uh, the S20 needs to be on the UI Beta, the S20 Plus needs to be on the One UI Beta and same with the S20 Ultra. Yes if you want uh, in on multi-app streaming make sure your PC is on Windows Build from May or later uh, and it is any of the Dev, Beta, Release, Preview channels. Update your phone obviously to the version that you need Finally, check the Galaxy Store for version 2.1.05.2 beta uh, linked to the Windows service app. If you're not in the beta for that service, you can join it. Uh, your phone app streaming does have major limitations, such as not being able to properly, properly carry sound to the PC. Not re- apps not recognising mouse inputs. Probably most awesome having the phone stay on and unlocked for the entire time. But it's still a step forward into making it... A but even better experience, and I think this is still good. Eventually, though, it probably will get a lot better. But it will get a lot better. So yeah. Uh, next article by road Two VR. Uh, Oculus Quest Two Facepad Covers now available from VR Cover. So if you're planning on sweating in your Oculus Quest Two, uh, you'll either want a few spare facial interfaces hanging around, or or a way to uh, cover the stock foam from easier cleaning for easier cleaning which obviously there's a preferred option there. So VR Cover, a company making VR facial interfaces since 2014, uh, just released their silicone and fabric variants for the Quest 2. I think the silicone one being a bit better personally, uh, to what I can see anyway, I think it would work a bit better. Uh, So if you're looking for a solution from a trusted name, uh, VR Cover is now offering uh, slip-over covers in both silicone uh, for $14, dollars and fourteen euros or fabric for nineteen dollars or nineteen euros uh, purchasable through the company's distribution channels in the US, EU and rest of the world. The so VR covers silicon variant is said to be made from mechanical grade hypoallergenic uh, silicon which can be cleaned with antibacterial wipes or washed completely with soap and water. Unlike the stock foam it comes with a light, uh, body, uh, light blocking guard uh, around the nose piece which obviously is quite nice uh, so you'll be blocking some of the light leakage, which obviously will make your experience better. Uh, the fabric version is made from 100% cotton, comes with two machine washable covers for easy swap out. Uh, so even after a month of the Quest 2's launch, there isn't exactly loads in these facial interfaces. Uh, even with um and being a bit confused between if the Quest will work on, work on the Quest 2. Uh, but obviously, this is a fairly cheap way to make sure your headset lasts for longer, and it's very much recommended. Of course, it also can increase the comfortability for some people, especially with the silicone one, if you don't like fabric, but that's that to opinion, really. Uh, so yeah, um, really nice uh, trusted names finally offering something, even though people have been doing these uh, for a while, like there are a few. This is a trusted name, one that you know will work well, even though the others might work well. Yeah, uh, uh, mixed reviews on things but this one should work quite well. So yeah, um, nice to see the VR cover got them out finally. Next article by Notebook Check. Uh, Xiaomi end Mi 10 Pro production ahead of Mi 11 release, being still by a Mi 10 Ultra, but for now. So Xiaomi launched the Mi 10 Pro back in February, uh, but it's now saying goodbye to the much uh, lauded flagship as it prepares for the release of a direct successor, the Mi 11. The company has quietly pulled the Mi 10 Pro from its online stores in China, leading to whispers about a possible end to the production of the device. Uh, so Xiaomi boss uh, Li Jun, uh, not one uh, to shy away from such rumours, confirmed on Rebo 2 that The company has now ceased sales of the Mi 10 Pro, uh, with the flagship phone having run its race to the end. So According uh, to Li Jun, uh, Xiaomi will continue to sell the Mi 10 Ultra uh, as its flagship offering. That does obviously make a lot of sense. It was only uh, released a few months ago, and it is by most metrics an upgrade to now uh, defunct uh, Me 10 Pro. Sadly, the Me 10 Ultra will not be available for much longer either, of the executive uh, citing limited stock uh, as the reason. So the Me 11 is expected to debut sometime in February, and be powered by Snapdragon A75, making it more powerful than the uh, Me 10 Ultra. Like uh, it'll have 120 watts of charging, we believe, and a 120 Hz AMOLED. Uh, Screen with 108 megapixel camera. So obviously that will basically outperform the Mi 10 Ultra in almost every department Uh, So it probably will get pulled off then So yeah um, It's nice to see they've confirmed it but yeah, so you can't get the Mi 10 uh, Pro and not the Mi 10 Ultra and For a bit longer and then it'll be gone as well so yeah Another article by notebook check uh, PlayStation about the PlayStation 5, so Sony confirms that its next-generation console will not support 1440p gaming. So we are less than two weeks away from the arrival of the PlayStation 5, but an interesting quirk of the next-generation console has already emerged. So according to IGN uh, Italia, uh, Sony has confirmed that the PlayStation 5 will not support 1440p, uh, also known as 2K. So the PlayStation 5 can output up to 8K, uh, but to recap, 1440p will not be one of those resolutions which is really interesting, so you will be able to do 4K, 8K, 1080p, but not 1440p, which is really interesting to be fair. It is unclear why this is the case, Sony may of course eventually enable 1440p, so there's nothing uh, in terms of hardware stopping this, uh, but it did not inform IGN Italia uh, of this. In fairness to Sony, there are hardly any 1440p TVs, so you can see why I've decided uh, to include it, however, there are many 1440p monitors, and if you're planning to connect it to, a 1440p monitor then you have two choices you're in native 1080p though although uh, that will not make full use of the console's capabilities or you could purchase a 4k monitor uh, which would be extremely expensive upgrade for a new uh, console generation however if you do 4k on a 1440p thing, I, that should make the resolution the highest it can but obviously you're still using more resources and all of that and i don't think it works perfectly and so ultimately the decision will probably disproportionately affect the predominantly PC gamers and only a kick in the teeth for those who have 1440p monitors. Uh, Not so much of an issue if you have a 4K one or a 1080p one, or you're planning to upgrade to 4K, something like that, but if you're at 1440p and you're not planning to upgrade anything like that, that can be a a lot of an issue. And what about those people who do have a 1440p TV? (laughs) They're out there. Not many people may have them, but they are out there. So yeah, um, Bit weird I had just wouldn't put it on there anyway. I see no reason like well if you're trying I guess even with 4k you're getting um 120 Hertz I guess so I don't know that might but I mean 1440p some people want you're not gonna get yet yeah, anyway. Hopefully they will enable it through software if enough people want it. Uh next up some uh, MacBook Pro news and just Mac news. Uh so leaked Apple ARM CPU. Oh, this article is by Tech uh, so leaked Apple ARM CPU benchmark. Uh, Beats Intel uh, Core i9 16 uh, inch MacBook Pro. So, a newly leaked benchmark shows uh, the Apple ARM based A14X Bionic processor outperforming an i9 uh, powered MacBook Pro by a healthy margin. The new chip is expected to debut in, on November 10th, which is only like three days from now, during Apple's One More Thing event. An unnamed device uh, powered by the A14X Bionic chip was reportedly benchmarked in Geekbench 5 which was uh, likely an engineering sample according to uh, WCC-F Tech. Uh, So, in terms of single core performance, the A14X Bionic scored 1632 and 7220 in multi-core performance. Uh, This was slightly ahead of the iPad Air powered by the A14 Bionic, which scored 1583 in single core and 4198 in multi-core, quite a bit higher in multi-core though. Uh, meanwhile, the big coup for the A14X Bionic uh, was how it outperformed a uh, 16-inch micropro Pro, pro uh, powered even, uh, by a Core i9 CPU. Uh, which scored 1096 in single-core performance and 6869 in multi-core, which is a decent bit behind, especially in single-core performance. So, um, yeah, these will be really powerful, it seems. So, the new benchmark leak also reveals the new details about it. Uh, so for one, uh, the A14X Bionic seems to be an 8-core processor, but basically off of 1.8 GHz, boostable up to 3.10 GHz, which is where I get the most performance. This is the first time an A-Series CPU has surpassed a 3 GHz threshold, so it's shaping up to be a powerful processor in its own right. Even if it's still far behind the clock speeds of the latest Intel and AMD processors, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, how powerful it is, it comes to be more powerful at a lower clock speed. But yeah, uh, so hopefully we'll learn more about it during the event. We probably will. Uh, but this is a really interesting link, and it's really, um, what's well, it's really? Uh, what do you call it? I'm trying to think of a good way to say it. It's really exciting, and for it, like you're getting a really, they're their own chips that are going to be on their max, which means it technically could be more optimized, I believe, because uh, they kind of, I don't know, it might not be, but it's possible. I just think this is really good. Uh, And finally, Take-Two approaches UK's Codemasters in a £740 million gaming deal. Uh, So this article is by Financial Times. Uh, So Take-Two Interactive, the US uh, games publisher behind Grand Theft Auto, has approached Codemasters, a venerable British racing game developer, about a potential £739 million deal, uh, Takeover, which is uh, $973 million. This deal will be the latest merger in the video game sector after a bump per year, uh, although some publishers including EA and Activision Blizzard have suggested that the pandemic boost is starting to wane. Uh, it follows Microsoft's $7.5 billion plan to acquire ZeniMax and uh, Zenger's takeover of the mobile games maker at Peak & Rolex. Take-Two itself in August announced the $192 million uh, acquisition of PlayDots, which make puzzle apps. And the tie-up would lead uh, would lead to Codemasters Formula One racing franchise, joining Take twos stable of sports simulators, including NBA basketball and PGA uh, golf. Take Two also owns Edinburgh-based uh, Rockstar North, maker of Grand Theft Auto, which has become one of the biggest uh, and best-selling of all entertainment uh, franchises. So we are really uh so really building up there, and accompany that. So Codemaster said on Friday that. Uh, that Take-Two had made potential offer of 485p per share, made of 120p in cash and 365p in stock. Take-Two is still conducting its uh, due diligence on the company. So this is really good. It could make some really good gains, you know, for all that intellectual property and all of that stuff. And I think if this seems like a good deal... And yeah, I think it'll. That's gonna be really good. Uh, They can everyone can kind of build up there. I think it's good. That's all really I'm gonna go into. Yeah, and that was the last article of today. If you did enjoy it, uh, then I hope you did. Uh, Do leave a like. If you are on YouTube, same if you're on YouTube. I tend to go into YouTube here at the end. Uh, if you're on YouTube, do leave a comment down below uh, if any tech news i maybe missed out or anything you might want to hear about any companies, anything like that. So we kind of search things. Uh, but yeah, uh, apart from that, I hope you enjoyed it. And have a good day.